Hello, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, episode 217, Holiday Buying Guide, recorded December 6th, 2015, and brought to you by Element OP Productions, elementop.com. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Linux show that's not about Linux, but about life in the context of Linux. I am your host, Mark, the Sultan of the Soapbox, and joining me this week is your good friend and mine, Seth, the Gooey Kent Anderson. Hello, Seth. Hello, Mark, and welcome to the fine folks who stopped by this weekend. We're so glad you're spending part of your whenever you're listening to this with us. <laughs> you know, I, I've got to come up with some new intro when we change the show to Geek Rant. I can't, can't say the show that's not about Linux, but about life in the context of Linux. I got to come up with something else. Um, and then the I'll show have, that used to claim it was about yes. Linux, but gave up the, the show formerly about Linux. Yeah, something like that. Um, uh, suggestions from the audience are, are, of course, welcome about that. I think I mentioned, I'm pretty sure I did a couple of weeks ago that I had, uh, uh begun my first for, foray into purchasing from Chinese manufacturers. Um, yes. And I just wanted to say that, uh, I got the product that I asked for, uh, that I ordered. Uh, they came, uh, the whole process, not counting the negotiations and, and my research and all that from the time that I s sent them the money via PayPal to the time the products arrived at my door it was about eight days from China. That's pretty darn good. And from some places in America, that's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, from China, that's awesome. So they, uh, they, uh, took about three days to manufacture them and then about five days for DHL global to get them to me and what they are. And I'm still working on how to get this to you. Um, they are, uh, uh, laser pens that are stylus. They're four in one, uh, stylus pen, flashlight and laser pointer. And if you type that into YouTube or you or into Google, rather, you will see the exact units that I'm talking about. And you'll see them ranging from, from prices, uh, from, you know, $6 to, um, you know, $50 for, they, they all look exactly the same, probably because they're all made by the same couple of Chinese manufacturers in Shenzhen. Um, or in Hong Kong. So that's, um, that's what I bought. I bought a, uh, a quantity of 200 of them. Um, and I don't mind telling you, uh, after shipping and everything, the total cost was a buck 20 a piece on those. Um, so $220 for 200 units. Um, got no complaints about that. Um, uh, and that, you know, I, again, I, like I had said uh, initially, it was just sort of my, experiment with the whole process of of buying from a chinese manufacturer now that is not tooling up right i didn't invent something like the the kickstarter guys do uh i bought an, an existing product but my plan to do with those is just give them out to you guys i got i got 200 of them that won't cover uh the whole audience by any uh stretch but it'll cover some of you so i need you to i i think i could probably ship them with just the cost of a regular postage stamp in the u.s they're not heavy um think i could so, drop them in an envelope here's what you should do mark mm -hmm. is like people who do patreon for like a dollar right or or 25 you know something so to the first x number of patreon subscribers we will give this to yeah I, i'm actually thinking not even to the first just from now on i'll order more if i need to right so anybody yeah. who pledges uh not pledges i need to see your credit card cleared for a buck uh, i'll send you a pen and uh you know, we'll call it, we'll call it even. Uh, I thought about maybe, uh, you know, having you send me a self-addressed stamped envelope. That's a thing. Um, but I like Seth's idea better. Uh, that, yeah, that used to be a thing. That's not a thing anymore. 
<laughs> so if you go up to elementopi.com uh, slash uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, uh, and and leave a pledge of a dollar or more, uh, I'll send you a laser pin. Tell me the color you want uh, in the comments, or there's, there's a way you can send a message. Uh, they're uh, red, blue, white, and black. Um, so yeah, so when I guess you'll update the Patreon page with that. Uh, yeah, sure. I'll remember to do that before the show goes out. Yeah, and like, but just be, be sure you put after it's cleared because otherwise, somebody say I pledged and I didn't get my pen zero stars yeah. or something. Well, one one person uh, has pledged at the bacon level, um, and I promised to send him a slab of bacon, and I sent sent him an email and said, um, I'm just going to be honest with you, this isn't going to happen anytime soon. And he said, I understand. That's fine. Uh, but I do have some time off coming up, uh, you know, with the new year. Maybe I'll get that done. But, you know, even once I start it, it takes three weeks to make. Oh, I, I see in the camera I've got some some craft herpes on me. Um, sorry. Um, got some glitter. Glitter is the herpes of the craft world. It's, it's <laughs> easy to get and you can never really get rid of it. I, I, I periodically have uh, glitter breakouts. Um no, that's uh, where I went to church. There was a uh, somehow one of the pews had got glitter on it. Um, and it's a church I had grown up in. And then, you know, I was away in college when I came back. I went there. And so somehow this pew had got glitter on it. Five years later, when I was still going to church there, I knew where to sit because I sat on the glitter pew. <laughs> and it was for five years, the stuff was still there. So anyway, back to what I was saying. Uh, I, the, there, some people have already done the hats and the shirts. The people who ask for those, uh, and of course I sent out a thing and said, send me your address and I'll send them to you. And, and only a couple of people, I think literally a couple, two or three, um, responded and said, here's my address. And I sent those to them, uh, direct ship from Zazzle, the people who make our stuff. Um, so anyway, the pen thing. Yeah. A buck or more. Um, I'll give you a pen, uh, with, with fricking lasers in it. Fricking lasers. But I just got to say the whole process was 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 pretty smooth. Uh, it was interesting. Um, they were clearly wow. I don't. I may get somebody in trouble. What do I care? Um, they're in China. Uh, <laughs> they're already in trouble. The whole process was fascinating. So Alibaba.com is is kind of a cross between Amazon and eBay uh, for Chinese manufacturers, and so people have uh, like bids essentially uh, posted for what what they want and. And what I found in my case is that bid is meaningless. It means nothing. It, um, so like the thing that I did, the, the, exact, same, the exact same thing said uh, minimum quantity of, of uh, 50 units, I think, and at 40 cents a piece. And I thought, okay, great. So I contacted them and, and they said, well, the minimum we'll do is 100 and they're 75 cents a piece. And I said, well, what about this here? Oh, that's just old and we haven't updated it. Um, so the, the whole, the, the Alibaba site has a, a payment processing, the whole thing where you can buy through the site and, and you do all that. They didn't want to do that way. Um, they said that I could send it via a Western Union transfer or PayPal. They wanted to bypass the site, probably because the site uh, takes a cut and they didn't want to give that cut. Right. Um, I, I don't care how they run their business. It's fine with me. I felt fairly comfortable with, with PayPal. They have some really good uh, you know, fraud protection things. So I sent it via PayPal. Got my product, but when when I got it, there was an invoice inside, an official 
invoice. And I suspect this is for the government reasons in, in China, in China, you know, uh, taxation, that sort of thing. And it listed the, the products as being 30 cents per unit. So according to that, I paid $60. No, it's 15 cents per unit. Total price was $30. Um, so 15 cents per unit, uh, was what they reported quote unquote that I paid for those when actually I paid, uh, 80 cents or something like that. So anyway, it was, it was, it was a fascinating experience to see <laughs> where, where they were cutting the corners and, and just outright lying in some places and taking back doors and others. Uh, and, and I guess my, my hunch is that's kind of a common way that this, that business gets done in that part of the world. Yeah, and of course you'll find out the real cost the next time you go to board a plane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mr. Cockrell, your name is You're on, on no the fly do list. not fly list. Uh, and so I, I, my guess is that their cost on those is probably somewhere in the dime range, um, because they, you know, the material is cheap there. The manufacturing, they, you know, they own the manufacturing. Labor is essentially slave labor. So just. A total guess is that that they probably cost about a dime to make it. So thirty cents is probably their in government or in country price. If they were selling it to another Chinese person, uh, that that thirty cents probably would be about right. Right. Uh, but you know, there's tariffs and there's bribes and whatever else. Uh, so to me, and and it's, it was a bargain for me at a buck, right? I, I jumped all over that. That's great. Um, I couldn't couldn't get anything close to that in the U.S. Uh, for a buck. But anyway, just thought I'd tell you. So patreon.com uh, slash elementopie or elementopie.com slash patreon. See how that works. Uh, <laughs> sign up for a buck and I'll give you a dollar. If you are already a Patreon subscriber, uh, supporter, and you want a pen, just send me a message. I want my pen. I'll send you one. That's it. Um, so Seth, Spotlight, that, that's the one word you have in the notes. What is that? It's the It's the movie. Um, oh, okay. it's a movie that's out spotlight. I, I have to say, um, it is based on the Boston, I believe it's the Boston Globes breaking the, the Catholic priest sex abuse thing from 2002. So it was an awesome movie. It was very well done. Um, it's just a great movie. You should go watch it. Good movie. I mean, it's not like there's a spoiler because you already know what it's about, but, um, I thought it was a really, really, really well done movie. And it wasn't like, you know, okay, I'm, I'm not Catholic, but it wasn't like a hatchet job on the Catholic church. It was like presenting what happened. And there's even one comment about how low the percentage was. It's just when you're talking about an organization with that many people, even a very tiny percentage can be a lot of people. So to me, you know, it's whether you're Catholic or any other branch of Christian, Jew, Muslim, whatever, I just thought it was an extremely well done movie. It's so, you know, not a lot of drama or I mean, not a lot of action and bullets flying, but good drama, very well acted. All right. I, I don't, I don't know anything about that. I, okay. Um, this for, I, I don't, that's, I don't know why I've never heard of that. Uh, is it a, is it a limited release movie? No, it just, I think it just opened okay. this last weekend. Well, there's not any uh, dancing squirrels in it. That's why I don't know about it. Yeah. Um, it has, uh, let's see. Is it who plays the Incredible Hulk? Mark Rufio or uh, David? Um, Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo. Ru- yeah. Mark Ruffalo. He is in it. And, uh, the main editor, it took me a while to place it, but he played Sabretooth in the X-Men movies. And, oh, okay. Uh, so, you know, and there's other people you recognize them very well. And this, the, the main, editor of that department 
his name is blanking on me now, but you see him, you'll know. Uh, so Michael Keaton, that's who it is, Michael Keaton. So, um, he was Batman. So it's really a superhero yeah. movie. Um, lots of, uh, lots of star power. Very good. I, I, this week on recommendation of one of my friends watched, uh, a 2008 movie, uh, called Eagle Eye with Shia LaBeouf before the giant robots. Uh, and, uh, it, it, it was probably a fine movie if you don't know anything about technology, but because I do, it was a terrible, terrible, terrible movie. Um, it, the, the basic premise is the America built a spy robot, uh, network that got out of control. Um, so Skynet, but the NSA, um, right? and it was just, it was just bad in every way. It had great people performing very poorly. Um, and it just, I, I just wanted to throw that out there because one of the things that, that I found was interesting, it was released in 2008. Which means it was probably principally filmed in 2006, because there's a, a fair amount of special effects, and that tends to slow a movie down. And typically, they, uh, you know, those things happen. And so the script was probably written in 2000, even earlier, right? Not a smartphone in the movie, not a one. So these super high-level spook people are using their, you know, candy bar phones, their Blackberries and their Nokias, because the iPhone came out in the summer of 2007, and the iPhone sort of changed the world of smartphones. Right. Um, so it just, it, today, you, you, there, you, there wouldn't be a movie where every character doesn't have a, a, a black slab of glass in their hand. And if, if it, if there was, there, the reason for it would be that they're making fun of somebody or something like that. But this, you know, a movie, high quality, um, uh, but big budget movie, not a smartphone in it. And it was just amazing to me that, um, how quickly we forget that that's what the world looked like just you know eight years ago right but yeah i saw it and it was it was a movie i wouldn't call it a terrible movie but it was a movie you watched and really you watched it so yeah not bad but not good below average is what i would if i were going to give you my honest score i would give it a below average mark yeah I- on the Rotten Tomatoes scale of 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 one to ten, for me it's a five, maybe even a four. Yeah. Um, See, I would give it maybe a six. All right, you have a higher tolerance for BS than I do. Yeah, but you know, it, like I say, it, there was there was nothing remarkable about the movie, um, except you know it had Trisha Heffler. From like, um, anybody who's what any geek who's watched Battlestar Galactica knows who that is. So, and Shia, whatever, I, I can never say his last name right. Yeah, it just, it just does not come out right. And a couple other people, but yeah, it was an unremarkable movie. Yeah. Uh, Sling Blade was in it. Um, he didn't ask oh, for yeah. any French fries at any point though. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Bob. Uh, so on from movies to television, um, the much anticipated by some, not so much by me, um, new addition to the Marvel Universe on Netflix, Jessica Jones, has been out for a while. I'm a little late to the bandwagon. Um, my wife and I have been uh, watching it. Now, remind you, I'll remind you that I absolutely adored Daredevil uh, to the point of telling people, I won't be your friend if you don't go watch this. Um and Jessica Jones, uh, Daredevil, the first episode I felt was was weak, but interesting enough to the second episode. And what I always tell people is if you can get to the end of the second episode and you're still not interested, don't bother. Um, because it's just, 
it's not worth it for you. Jessica Jones, I would say that's the fourth episode. You got to you got to invest 4 hours of your time before it really gets to the point where it's worthwhile. Um I just I it's okay so far. I think I'm 6 episodes in. Um and, you know, uh, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. It's okay. Hmm. Whereas Del Daredevil was like a 9.85 out of 10. Um it it's okay. Uh I just Wanted to throw that out there. There's, it's really uh, one of the things you know. Uh, the I know Seth was just about to speak, and then I stepped all over him. One of the things you'll hear uh, people praising is how um, modern it is, and and how gritty, and and and, and it makes sense from a certain mindset. Um, if you are a, a type of person who celebrates uh, certain uh, political or or sociological ideals, and you feel that there's not enough of those on television, then you will celebrate this. Um, it's very feminist in many ways. It's very alternative culture. There's there's all kinds of you know uh, homosexuality is is just like the top of the list. There's all kinds of alternative cultures uh, celebrated uh, in this movie. And, and, you know, that goes against my personal belief set, but it doesn't bother me that it's there. What bothers me is that it really feels shoehorned in there. It's like we, we, we really need to have one more scene with the lesbians here just to make sure we check that box off. It doesn't fuel the story. It's not important in any way. We just got to put it in there because of 2015. And, and that's what bothers me more than anything about it. There's lots of sex in it. It's entirely gratuitous sex. It doesn't drive the plot forward. It's not useful in any way. Um, and it's just those kinds of things bother me from a, from a guy who loves good art. Forget the ideology of it. It ruins the art. And, and that's why I kind of think it's had, it's taken me five, four to four and a half, five hours of, of the show to get into it because three hours of it is, is fluff. Uh, that was put in there to make the liberal critics happy. Hmm. So there you go. There's my my in process review. Well, let me ask you: Have you got to? Have they introduced the villain yet? Yeah the the villain was introduced in in the first episode, but in such a way as to not terribly be not be terribly interesting. Okay, because okay. Um, and if that- you're a comic book fan, the villain is the puppet master. Um, and you know he he has the ability to control minds. Uh, there's a lot you can do with that, and I think they're getting there. I think they're starting to get to the meat of that. But it's really frustrating that it's taken them so long. And and I understand that when and on Netflix sort of thing where you expect people to be binge watching, you can take a different story arc. You don't have to ramp up right away. You don't have to convince people to come back. The buy-in is lower. But I think they I think they spent too much capital before they got there. Really. Uh, yeah. Have you seen any of it at all? I have not. I want to see it, um, but I've I, I want to see it, and so you know I might have to take another trip to Hawaii so I can watch it with my brother on his Netflix <laughs> account. <laughs> but you you are a big fan of The Walking Dead. I am, uh, and you know the midweek uh, the mid season finale was last week, and th- there's this person I work with. She is like, I mean, she's like she's such a fan of the walking dead. She's like the sitting dead. So she, you know, but, um, and we agreed that in the eight episodes so far, they have crammed a good three or four episodes worth of action into it. So it's still good, but so far the first half of the season has left me wanting. So if you're a walking dead fan, what do you think about that? Listeners, are you all just oogles? 
are are whatever are you gaga <laughs> over the walking dead or are you are you waiting still for it so yeah you know it, it was still hugely popular and you know it doesn't show any signs of slowing i just they they played it a little too slow that the eight episodes has taken place over the course of maybe two days so of course here in atlanta where it's filmed right uh, it's incredibly popular um and i'm not sure if it's because of the strength of the show or because people like recognizing familiar landmarks um uh, i still i don't what season are we in seven eight i've still not seen a single episode of it hmm. yeah i think yeah i think i don't know i think it's season five but okay i'm not sure but you know then again their seasons are like 10 episodes it's not like a network season it's 22 episodes right so i i haven't seen that i haven't seen i never saw an episode of lost ever um in my I, opinion you didn't really miss anything yeah i haven't seen uh the uh what's the dragons and and boobs one on oh HBO. game of thrones yeah i haven't seen that one yeah i yeah me either but of course you know i don't have hbo so or netflix so yeah but no the whole um the the lost one whenever i think it is too weird and convoluted to be any good (laughs) (laughs) that should tell you all you need to know yeah you mentioned battlestar galactica i didn't watch that until it'd been off the air for five years uh and i i binged watched it on netflix and when i got to the the end of that one i was pissed gee i i invested all of this time and energy in you and this is the way you end it oh i was mad Oh, me too. I was so PO'd about the end of that. I was like, what the bleep? <laughs> Plus, I mean, the last episode was, uh, last season was fairly strong. They, they'd really tied in some, some, some good stuff and some interesting characters. And then like the last three episodes, they just started phoning it in. Yeah. I mean, I was expecting the last thing to be, oh, by the way, we were all Cylons the end. So, yeah. Which is, yeah, not far from how, how it ended. Spoiler yeah. alert. Yeah, I mean, oops, <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now. <laughs> All right, so let before we get on too far, let me tell you about our friends over at DigitalOcean, uh, something you can get excited about, something you can invest your mental capital in, and it won't disappoint you. I, I know that's weak, but give me something here. <laughs> I, I, um, DigitalOcean.com, it's a virtual server hosting uh, platform. So there's there's really three types of hosting that you can do on the internet. The lowest version is shared hosting. Somebody throws up a server, gives a whole bunch of people a slice of it, uh, and you you do it. That's fine for your mommy blocks. That's it's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's in fact my site right now for you know since 2009 I think it is has been running on one of those and it's fine. It works, but there are significant limitations to that. Uh, the next step up, or, or let me go the other way. That the top of the line is big iron. You you buy a piece of metal, an actual server, and host it in somebody else's server farm. Uh, that's like Rackspace, for example. You don't actually go to to, to Dell in, uh, in order, you, but you essentially buy from them or lease from them a piece of equipment, and that is yours. They will uh, reboot it for you, um, and that's about it. It's your server. It's your thing to do with. Uh, in, in the middle is virtual server hosting where somebody else has the big iron and they're dividing it up, but they're not dividing it up among uh, a bunch of individual users with just slices of a server. You get your own virtual server and virtualization, virtualization has come to a point where you can do that now and get darn near, uh, bare metal performance. Uh, 
It's not going to do really well for, you know, GPU intensive stuff, but you're probably not doing that on a server hosted platform anyway. So virtual uh, server hosting is is really sort of the sweet spot uh, if you're slightly more than a mommy blog, but you're not Amazon yet. Um, and DigitalOcean, from my research after they contacted me, is really the best uh, uh, on in the world at that. They, uh, you know, best is one of those words where uh, advertisers can say it because a lot of people can be equal and still be the best. Um, I don't know that DigitalOcean stands out among all the others, but it certainly is as good as the best of them out there. So. It's the best. Um, and, uh, so what they offer you is, uh, your own virtual server, uh, on, a, on, on really just souped up processors, uh, hex core or more, uh, everything's RAID SSDs. So lightning fast, uh, uh, gigabit internet access, um, private networking if you want it, uh, IPv6 support for the two people in the world who use that. Uh, but one of the real killer apps of that is the, the one-click application. So lots of shared hosting will have cPanel or something like that, and you'll be able to install uh, a Drupal or a WordPress, WordPress, WordPress with a couple of clicks. Well, uh, DigitalOcean's uh, one-click applications takes that and and takes it into a server so you you say you want to run drupal you click a button and they fire up an entire vm so you've got uh you know ubuntu server running drupal with all the latest plugins and everything ready to go and that can happen in, in less than a minute from from nothing to ready to log in in 53 seconds um that's because they're built on speed and reliability uh and so for this you would expect to pay a ton i would anyway but you're not um, their, their basic service, five bucks a month. You can have your own server. You can own a server on, on the cloud and they have multiple data centers and you can true choose where your yours are. So, um, you know, you can pick a data center close to you. You can move it easily. You shut it down, move it over here. And, and in a minute or two, you have moved your server from Canada to Iceland. I don't know if they have one in Iceland, but you know, that part of the world. Uh, and it's it's just really good like that if you're a developer and they have an API interface. If you say, I don't really want to touch the console, I don't want to touch uh, the server, I just want to manage it uh, through through an API. They they offer all of that for five bucks a month. For five dollars a month, you get a, a half a gig of RAM, a single core processor, twenty gigs of storage space, and one terabyte of transfer. One terabyte is a whole lot of data for five bucks. Um, you want to step up, and I think really the the next step up is the sweet spot. Ten dollars a month gets you a, a gig of RAM, uh, a single core processor, thirty gigs of storage, and two terabytes of transfer. There's a whole lot you could do for that ten dollars a month. But if you sign up and you use the code Everyday Linux, they'll give you ten dollars on me. So you can try it out for nothing. So if you choose the five dollar plan, you get two months free. If you choose the ten dollar plan, you get one month free. There is literally no way you can lose on this thing. It's a no lose situation. Try it. If you don't like it, you walk away. No harm, no foul. You, they spent ten dollars. You didn't. DigitalOcean.com. Use the code Everyday Linux when you sign up, and it won't cost you a thing. Uh, I like them. I use them. Uh, in fact, since I've sort of gotten into the, uh, getting into this whole thing. I keep thinking of new things that I could do. And it's like, well, I, I really want to try this experiment. Well, I'll just fire up a droplet. Um, it only takes a minute. And if I don't like it, if it's not working for me, I shut it down. And that couple of minutes it was up cost me some fraction of a, of a penny. Uh, so it's, it's pretty impressive once you, once you grab on to what you can do with virtual server. DigitalOcean.com. Awesome. Um, and I just accidentally reset the notes so i don't have something so seth do something all righty well uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into the news and so i was looking through the articles this week and i came up with something that 
I thought this was just a really cool thing. Now, I don't mean to single out China because there's pollution all over the world, but this guy in China, um, he made a brick out of the pollutants that he sucked out of the air in Beijing using an industrial vacuum. So I just thought this was super neat. And, you know, the link will be in our show notes, but he, um, He's an actual artist and he hopes that the project one day might become a commercial success. So, you know, just he's walking around with this cart, with this vacuum cleaner, just with it on in the air, sucking, sucking, sucking. And all of the material he caught actually made a brick. So, you know, that's how we can like fuel construction is we can just get giant vacuums harnessing the smog of the city, pulling the particulates out and then making bricks with them. I just thought it was a. This was like an interesting story, and I wanted to share. China is sort of well-known right now for being dirty and polluted, um, and we we Westerners like to look down on them over our noses and say, well, we've we've solved that problem. Yeah, but we solved it, but we were just as bad as they were before we did. Well, and, and you know how we solved it? We solved it by sending all our manufacturing to them. Yeah, so we're still extremely polluting. It's just now somebody else does it for us so we've not only still are producing as much pollutant we're causing more because then all the junk they made by polluting they have to ship to us thus causing more pollution so really we're killing the planet by offshoring our manufacturing people let's bring it all back to america sorry i just wanted to you, you said you closed it out so i was trying to vamp Yes, and I appreciate it, and I'm back now. Uh, Dave Chappelle, because that's the natural f- follow-up to Beijing, uh, says uh, you cannot record him at his concerts. Yeah, this is, um, you know, comics, they're telling jokes. That's their that's their stock and trade. And so, you know, what happens if one guy records your video and uploads it to YouTube? Well, it gets shared and copied and you can never take it down. And so now why are people going to go see you at the show when they can just pull up and watch your thing on YouTube? So he has partnered with this uh, company that um, what was the name of it here? Uh, Yonder pouch that. So what happens is you go into the club, you are given this pouch that you put your phone in and the pouch locks while you're in the room and then you cannot use your phone, but you hold on to it. So you're holding this pouch. So you're not turning your phone in. And if you need to use your phone for something, you have to get up and leave the venue um, for it to uh, for the pouch to unlock and you to be able to use your phone. So that way, you know, you get to enjoy the show. You hold on to your phone. You don't have to worry about somebody stealing it. And then, you know, he gets to preserve the um, he gets to preserve his jokes by not everybody seeing him deliver them. So. I just, I thought this was a neat thing. I don't know. I mean, I think it's kind of cool because again, you know, what killed vaudeville was like, uh, was when TV just recorded the shows. And then all of a sudden these people who used to could go from city to city doing the exact same show. Now they had to come up with something new every week. And so it killed most of the stars of it. Well, the best, the cream of the crop were able to move on to TV, but nobody wanted to go to them anymore because we saw that on TV last week. So, you know, now it's, I saw that on YouTube, do something new. And I mean, that's a lot of work to have to come up with a new show every night. A lot of movie theaters will, you know, throw you out. If they see your phone out, because you might right. be, you know, bootlegging at concerts, um, 
different artists have different uh, rules about that. Some of them, no cell phones, but it generally seems to be a little more uh, uh, popular to say, go ahead, record it. And the reason is the experience you're going to get on the tinny speaker and the tiny uh, camera is so poor that the that best you're going to look at it and say, oh, I wish I'd been there and it might make you want to go to the concert. With comedy, that's not the same thing. It's not so much an experience. You don't need booming speakers and fancy lights. You're, it's an intellectual exercise. You hear the words, you laugh at them or you don't, and that's it. Um, so I totally get Dave Chappelle's point here that uh, cell phones and sharing of his videos is much more damaging to his career than it would be to, say, Metallica, who, um, for example, has been widely held saying bootleg our stuff because they, they've, they've known that if you bootleg their live stuff, the experience is going to be uh, one that makes you want to go back more. Now, I, I, conversely, they have been aggressive about bootlegs of their studio stuff. So that's one band that has two sides to the same coin. So, you know, I, I, I have no problem with this. I really don't. As much as I'm a, uh, information wants to be free kind of guy, uh, I don't have a problem with Chappelle saying, this is my livelihood and you are literally taking it from me and, and making it available to other people. Um, now once he's done television, right. And, and I, I follow a few, uh, po- comedy podcasts and what they say is once you've done your show, your HBO or whatever, you got to start new jokes. Yep. Those are done. And so Chappelle is saying that that life cycle is ending way before he wants it to. I get it. Yeah, because, and, you know, the people running up to the HBO specials, because I've, I've heard them talk about this, is basically they have, for example, say say the special is going to have a total of 60 minutes worth of stand-up comedy. So they might have two to three hours of stand-up comedy that they will rotate the bits out in like a half dozen or a dozen shows leading up to that where basically they're giving the exact same show but oh this joke bomb scratch it out insert something else and so you know if it's recorded and out there then all of a sudden that special is meaningless and you know and the people who go know that you know hey this is almost ready for hbo so i you know that doesn't really seem to tie in with anything and the point I was going to make, I lost, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, this is a, I think this is a neat way to do it because I wouldn't want to check my phone, um, just on, you know, because I don't know, it's most people yeah, I, wouldn't, I, I would not go to the show. I would leave the venue rather than give up my phone. Right. Um, and it's not because I think that somebody's going to steal it. It's, it's the, it's the coat check problem. Um, there's, it ruins the experience in a lot of ways. One, there's, you're going to create two bottlenecks, one going in and one going out. Two, you know, if, if somebody needs to reach you in an emergency, they can't. Um, and that's the, that's purportedly the whole reason we carry these things is so we can be in contact. And then you're trusting somebody with what is probably the most expensive thing on your person. Um, you know, uh, women, that may not be the case for some of their jewelry. Um, but for most people, most, you know, regular folk, their thousand dollar phone is the most expensive thing they, they're carrying with them and you're giving it to somebody else. So I think this, uh, this yonder pad, uh, or pouch is a, is an excellent solution. Um, and, and very clever and, you know, excellent way to squeeze a dollar out of, uh, a situation where society hasn't yet come up with the proper mores to handle the situation. You know, I don't really, because to me, it would be like the venue is providing it. So maybe a deposit 
you know, I would see, you know, a $5 deposit or something, um, that you get back or I, I don't know how, but I don't see this. It shouldn't, that should be built into the admission to the event, I would think. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think it's going to cost the, the, individual something but somebody's buying it right yeah. Chappelle's buying it or the venues are buying it uh or Chappelle's putting it in his his uh, uh rider that they have to buy it so there's you know somebody and, and uh, just quickly there's not a big description of it but it says it locks while you're in the venue venue so there's probably some sort of a radio wave sort of thing that you can't open the pouch if you're in the 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 no fly zone um so that keeps people honest, but also, you know, you're, there's kind of no reason to steal it at that point. The whole purpose of it is to ruin your phone. Yeah. So I don't think you have a big problem with people walking off with them. Right. Um, so yeah, it, it's a, it's a neat idea. I mean, I could see this being like, you know, there's a little electromagnet or something like that, that you, you put the pouch in there, you close it, you, you hit that, you touch that, tap that pad that locks it. And then on your way out, you have to tap it to unlock it. Right. So that way, if you have to leave during the show on your way out, you just kind of tap the pad and then you're, you're good. Yeah. And it doesn't look like it's something that would like block radio signals. Uh, so th- your phone can still ring. Right. Uh, you just have to go back outside to answer it. Yeah. I, Great idea. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting. And sticking with the pop culture, um, of, you know, references, we've, we've had uh, Daredevil and, and, uh, Spotlight, uh, going all the way back to, uh, 1980, whatever it is now, the Empire Strikes Back. Only in this case, the evil Empire is Microsoft, and who they're striking back at is, uh, Botnets. Yeah. Sorry, man. You had to reach just a lot too much. That one. But yeah, no, um, Microsoft aided law enforcement in victory over the Dork Bot. And that's his actual name, the Dork Bot Botnet. So they were kind of hush hush on how they did it. But, you know, either they took down some command and control servers or broke the encryption or something. But, you know, they helped, they helped clean up the internet just a little bit. So, you know, the amount of spam being sent out went from 48 billion to 47 and a half billion uh the next day till other botnets took it up but anyway i just you know we love to bash microsoft just because it's fun and they leave themselves so open you have to bash them um but you know they also do good things so and um so yeah way to go yay microsoft and of course it's in the end it's always much ado about nothing because you can't stop a botnet you can't um that that's why they work that's why there are such things as botnets. Um, they, the, the only way to do it is to take out their command and control servers and it's super easy to put up another one. Um, and so, you know, it, it's minor, um, uh, win, but we'll call it a win. Yeah. You know, so like I say, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's like Hydra. You, you, kill one head, two more take its place. So, yes. Um, but I don't know. I just, you know, like I say, Way to go, Microsoft. We we love to bash you when you do stupid things, but, you know, got to give you some love when you do smart things. Or, I don't know, smart, but good things. I think this is a good thing. Uh, What may or may not be a good thing is that Google Chrome is dropping support for 32-bit Linux. Um, So... This isn't going to affect anybody in our audience because you're probably not using a 32-bit OS. And if you do, um, you know, Firefox is there. But uh, corporations are probably the only people in the world still using 32-bit hardware. Yeah. And, you know, well, yeah, for people who have their old machine, you know, 
32-bit version of Google Chrome for Linux, um, basically, they will stop updating it next year. They will still, um, it will still function. It just won't be receiving, you know, any uh, updates or security bugs. So you'll actually be able to look and see the number of whatever version you're on. It won't be one of those things that just, you know, it's like one of those random tickers that keep going up. <laughs> so yeah, there it's kind of the end of an era. It's just another, you know, they're, they're trying to kill flash. Let's go ahead and kill 32 bit architecture while we're at it, I guess. And this, this is fine. You gotta, you gotta cut somewhere. Right. Um, and they're not saying you can't use it anymore. They're just saying if it's not going to be the latest and greatest, you're already running it on hardware that is not the latest and greatest. Um, and if you want updates, you know, there's still other people, somebody else can pick it up, right? So Google is not going to update Chrome. They're not going to release Chrome binaries, but that doesn't mean that the Chromium project, uh, can't, uh, pick it up or that somebody can't fork it. So it's not the end of the road, but I really think there's just not going to be enough, um, uh, hue and cry about this for anybody to care. Yeah. No, I, I don't see it as being a bad thing because, you know, as processors get and components get smaller and cheaper. You know, especially, you know, this time next year, there's going to be even less. You know, I was one of those people, I thought I would be on 32-bit forever, but just the next machines I bought were 64-bit. And so, um, but you know, I'm 64-bit now, and my 32-bit stuff that I have still runs on it, so what do I care? The world marches <laughs> on. <laughs> All right. And that's it. It was a slow news week. Uh, those little bits there are all that uh, Seth was going to call from us. So because this is... um December. And because we're lazy and didn't want to put forth the effort to come up with real content, uh, we thought we would do uh, a show about, uh, you know, holiday geek buying stuff. So this is some of this is stuff that I would buy, have bought. Uh, some of this is stuff that that I just think I would like somebody to buy me. But, uh, you know, our take on some stuff that that you might want to buy for Christmas if you haven't already. Um, a lot of the links that we're going to share are Amazon links. Um, largely because I do all of my shopping at Amazon, but also they have my referral link built in there. So, you know, why not grease my own pockets there while I can? So we'll just do this round robin style. I'm going to start. Uh, my first one, I talked about it a little bit, I think last week, is the Moto 360 second gen. Um, if you want a smartwatch, I know there are others out there, but I can't speak to those as, as being high quality. The second generation Moto 60 is is high quality just it just is um and uh it solved all of my problems everything that i didn't like about the first one i like about this one um check it out um and it's it's something that i recommend i, I like the other night uh i took it off the charger at 6 30 ish a.m uh went to bed at 11 ish p.m and still had 37 percent battery left there's just nothing to complain about that about that anymore yes i have to charge it every night but I charge lots of stuff every night. Right. Uh, it's sort of a ritual I go through plugging stuff in. Uh, so, yeah, check it out. Moto 360, the latest version. Yeah, it's not like you sleep with your watch on. I mean, yeah. You Some know, people do. I never have. Yeah, I. Well, it's not true to say never. In high school, I think I did. It's been a long time, though. Wow. I don't. I wouldn't want. Well, you know, part of my reasoning is I've never. I always have to go find the expensive bands for the, you know, people with a huge wrist. I mean, I'm fat, but not my wrist. My wrists are all bone. Uh, and so I just, they're just so uncomfortable, um, to wear now. So I, I don't think I would ever sleep with my watch on. 
there was there was a while there where I, you know, like middle school boy when I had my calculator watch. I think I wore it 24/7 for a year and a half. Um okay. not saying I'm proud of that. I'm saying I did. Okay. I <laughs> Kudos to you, I guess. All right, Seth, what's the first thing on your list? Okay, well, I would I would see your Moto smartwatch and I came across this story this week and I was thinking I'll send it to the news but then I was like, no, it's a Kickstarter thing and I, but they are it's a smartwatch, but it actually has a SIM card and it's not something you have to pair with a phone or a computer to use, but you could actually have a real live Dick Tracy watch. And I'm like, if I were gonna get a smartwatch, that would be the one I would get. And I spent like at the very least a solid hour today Googling trying to find what I just ran across this week and I could not find the name of it. So when they have the ability to make phone calls and I understand there's some of them out there, but so like the second generation smartwatch is the good for Mark. The second generation of when they're able to make phone calls is probably when I will break down and buy a smartwatch. Yeah, I I fully uh, admit that this is not the final smartwatch I'm ever going to own. Oh yeah, um, but it's it's good, um, and it. I'm not sure I want to be able to talk to make phone calls on my wrist. I mean, other than being Dick Tracy, um, I'm not sure that that's a, a feature that I really want. Uh, now, not having to be tethered to my watch, uh, I mean, to my phone, I get that, but I always have my phone with me. And, and with the, uh, with the Moto 360, for example, it's got Wi-Fi built in. So anywhere I, I am with Wi-Fi, I don't need a phone anymore, uh, connected. So it, this isn't a killer app for me, uh, but okay. I, I don't know. I just, well, you know, then you could, you could have like a, a Bluetooth thing. So, you know, you're not like having to hold your, your hand up there. You know, you could still have your Bluetooth receiver, but it would just be, I just think it would be cool. And, um, you know, who knows? I might have two cell numbers, one for my phone and one for my watch. And to me, that would be cool. Uh, but n- not having a watch that you have to pair with your phone. So that's, that's why I'm not into it yet. Just, it doesn't, th- the thought of being able to talk through my watch tickles my fancy in the way that being able to, you know, play two card solitaire, you know, <laughs> or guess the number or something well, you can do on the screen. What kid who grew up in the eighties doesn't want to be Michael Knight? I mean, you want to pu- pull your wrist up and say, kid, I need you. I, I get that. Right. You know, I said Dick Tracy. It's, it's not Dick Tracy. It's Michael Knight. I want to be. All right. My next one is one that I just found out about uh, recently due to our uh, our good friend, the Door to Door Geek. When I told him I was looking for a new machine uh, here in the studio, um, and you know, uh, noise is always a problem in the studio. You want things to be quiet. Um, and he pointed me to the Ven Smile, V-E-N uh, Smile series of uh, mini PCs that run multi-core Atom processors. Um, and they're, you know, anywhere from 120 to $150 for a full-on quad-core system on a chip thing running Windows with Bluetooth and uh, Wi-Fi and the whole bit. Um, and I really think, you know, for um, a home theater PC, uh, for... Um, you know, a kid's um, something in their room. There are a lot of well, a lot of reasons where a hundred dollar machine that is good, but not you know, not a super micro uh, uh, or super computer thing would be fine. I mean, this one has two gigs of RAM in it. 
Um, it's got uh, uh, 128 gig uh, storage, so flash RAM. So, and th- it's on Amazon right now. It's 117 dollars. So that is certainly um, gift territory is where I'm concerned. That sounds cool. I uh, I think you know. I mean, like I've become just a tablet guy at home because. I don't, I mean, when I'm doing serious work, I bust out my laptop, but most of the time I just kind of tool around on a tablet. So I don't really need that kind of machine, but I, the specs on it, they look pretty cool. And, uh, the next time my dad goes through computers. So my next one for him might be something like this. Yeah. You just throw it on whatever existing keyboard and mouse you have, and you've got a hundred dollar replacement. Um, seems great. All right. What's your next one up? Okay, well, speaking, I'm more of a tablet guy. I came across this. It's the Samsung Galaxy View. Um, it's sort of designed to be like a portable television. So it's like a giant tablet. And now it, it won't load. Come on, go load, load <laughs> Samsung.com. Uh, here we go. I had 18.4 inch tablet. Wow. Yes. But it's like I say, it's more like a smart TV. Um, so don't, you know, don't think tablet, think portable television. Netflix, Hulu, CBS, History Channel. I yeah. So I was like, I looked at that and I went, you know, I could see me owning this. And It's then, a kitchen display. It's what that's for. Yeah. Or, you know, like I say, it, it, you can be watching something and carry it into the bathroom with you. So it's small enough and portable enough, 18.4 inches, uh, 32 gig, but. You know, it's got a port uh, and it's got Wi-Fi, so whatever. So it's designed for streaming video and it's portable design. You know, eight-hour battery, we'll see how, we see if that's right. But I thought this was, I could see me owning something like this. I don't really want a smart TV, but I would I would take this. 600 bucks, which isn't cheap, but not, not confiscatory either for what you get. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, like I say, it. I was like, I could don't because like, you know, the all in one that I bought my dad, it's like a 21 inch thing that has a freaking battery in it. So I bought him a 21 inch tablet. So this is not quite as big as that one, but this is a little <laughs> bit more manageable. All right. My next one is on the things that I did buy list. Um, no spoilers here. Uh, a, my wife never listens to the show. She doesn't get it. And B, um, she told me this is what she wanted uh uh, my wife wanted a fitness tracker of some sort for christmas and i did my due diligence did some research and found that the fitbit charge hr is the one to have right now it seems to be the best blend of performance and battery life um i I know several people that have them i I read uh, websites um and uh you know they're 145 49 depending on where you go uh price it's uh it's cheaper than, you know, a smart watch, but it is a watch as well. Uh, the, the charge HR doesn't have, uh, notifications from your phone. The, uh, surge, I think has that. Uh, but from what I read, uh, the problem with that is that it's, there's no, uh, it's all or nothing. You either get every notification from your phone on your wrist or you get none of them. Uh, and one of the things I like best about my Moto 360 is I can pick and choose. I don't need every email that comes across to be on my on my wrist. Um, so anyway, the Fitbit Charge HR uh, is not only on my list, but uh, under a tree right now. Oh, well, that's kind of cool. Um, 
I I haven't I'm resisting the urge, but I'm I'm Netflix. So if somebody wants to buy me something, you can buy me a year subscription to Netflix because I need something to be able to watch my shows because of the hours I work. I don't get to watch them. I get home in time to see the eight o'clock shows and I just like, but I like the stuff that comes on at seven. And then there's the next season of Daredevil that's going to come out. Jessica Drew, Luke Cage is in development. And I think even uh, DC has something that they're working on for Netflix. So I... I need a Netflix fix. So I can't always fly out to California, uh, just or not California, Hawaii, to watch it with my brother. And that can be done. You can go to Netflix uh, and buy a gift card good for a full one-year subscription uh, to somebody. That's going to be, what, 100 bucks? Uh, yeah, it's like $9 a month, so uh, 120-ish. Okay. Um, you know what, Seth? I'm going to buy you. Merry Christmas. I'm going to buy you a, a year subscription to Netflix uh, because I can squeeze probably some more podcast content out of you for it. Um, yeah, call it good. Yeah. It's done. Wow, thank you. So awesome. you don't have to buy Seth that. Uh, you can buy somebody else that. Uh, my next thing uh, is not something I have, but something I want. Uh, hint, hint. Anybody who wants to buy me something, it's only 15 bucks. It's the spleen, the thing explainer. It's a book, um, on paper. I know that's so rare for, for me to, to want that. Uh, uh, but it's written by Richard Monroe, the, uh, uh, XKCD guy. Um, uh, you might know him or XCKD. I, I, I always get that wrong. Um, and it's, uh, it's, it's complicated stuff in simple words. So he got together with, I can't remember who right now, and decided to use the thousand most commonly used words in the English language to describe complicated stuff. So, for example, they use rockets. They explain rockets using the thousand most commonly used. So, rockets isn't one of the most commonly used words, so they call it the go-upper. Um, and so, to make a go-upper, you have to put hot stuff in a big t uh, tube uh, it's 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 just great comedy and also uh explains things you know uh, good for kids uh good for geeks like myself um you know uh it's uh i i something i really look forward to um to uh looking at i'm trying to see if there's something i can look at it yeah tiny bags of water you're made of cells so it's it's an anatomy lesson on cells called tiny bags of water you're made of uh good stuff that does sound really cool yeah. So, uh, yeah, nuclear reactor is called a heavy metal power building. Um, so, thousand, uh, the thing explainer by the guy whose name just went Randall Monroe. I don't know. Heavy metal power building, you know, I could see a certain segment of people wanting a nuclear reactor based on that description. <laughs> It'll give you heavy metal powers. ACDC! Yeah! Rock on! All right, Seth, you're up. All right. So I going into the books as well. Um, Mark Adams wrote a book called Meet Me in Atlantis. Um, in this book, he, Atlantis, you know, like has in the lost continent. In this book, he sets out to find the lost continent of Atlantis, basically exploring all of the, um, uh, fables and you know historical clues and all of the conspiracy theories about where atlantis is and he and he does it with humor and style so um 
and he wrote he wrote another one called uh uh turn right at Machu Picchu. Uh so anyway, this just seems like a book filled with trivia and historic stuff that I would really like and it's funny. So I'm, you know, Mark Adams, meet me in Atlantis. And I'm not quite, I don't think on the level of yours, the thing explainer, but I think this one has a lot of potential. Uh, it is available on audible and will be added to my wish list before the show is over. <laughs> that means I'm going to have to buy it so I can read it. And, uh, cause I can't have you talking about it uh, before <laughs> I've seen it. <laughs> All right, my next one is um, a throwaway because it's way too expensive. But who, what geek doesn't want his own lightsaber? Ultrasabers.com will will build you a custom-made, functional, in that it lights up and makes sounds and is solid enough that you could hit other people with it, lightsaber uh, ranging anywhere from $200 to $2,500. Hmm. That's, uh, that has potential. So yes, you definitely get keep your Greek kid uh, wanting something like that. Yeah, and they're so, they're beautiful, uh, you know, pieces of art, handmade, um, that also you know happen to be freaking lightsabers. They they do look kind of cool. So, all right, your turn, Seth. One more. All right, I got one more here, and um, I am looking at getting a sound bar for my TV because, you know, the speakers just aren't quite cutting it. So I don't want one of those huge, you know, building shaking things, but just something that puts out, because, you know, the thing is you, you get this awesome TV and they like, you know, get two pieces of cardboard uh, and just run a wires on them. They call those speakers. Yeah, they're so, monitors. They're not really televisions. They're monitors. And they assume that you're going to have something else to handle the audio. Right. So I haven't because I'm cheap. Um, so it's like, you know, I'm going to have to get a sound bar and seems like the ones I'm looking at, pretty much all of them also have a subwoofer that comes with it. So, you know, that might cause problems because I'm, I live, I stay on the second floor. So, but yeah, sound bar, I need one to make my TV viewing complete, especially if I'm going to have, well, now I'm going to have to get a, uh, like a Roku or something so I can watch netflix on my tv darn you mark so uh tightwad approved version of that what i did when faced with that exact same scenario is went to my local uh office max or whatever and bought a uh, speaker system for a pc subwoofer two speakers for like 40 bucks plugged it into the headphone jack on the tv bob's your uncle you have much better sound it's it's certainly not full-on uh, surround sound but it was 30 dollars, and it was way better than the built-in stuff Huh, I might have to do that. Cool. I've I have been doing things cheap for a very long time. I, I can I can be your Sherpa into that world. Um and my last one is uh something that I have per, per personally owned and, and played with um and recently bought uh for an angel tree uh kid who who said he wanted one, the uh, Sima S Y M A uh radio controlled helicopters. They're twenty bucks, they're darn near indestructible. Uh I consider them the perfect office toy because you get about eight to ten minutes of playtime uh and then you have to go charge them. Uh, so you take it in the office, you, you just plug it into the USB port on your computer and you take a, a, a break and you buzz the boss, uh, you know, with, with a helicopter, uh, and then you go back to work. Um, I have 
five, four of these at the office right now. They they are all so old now that the batteries no longer take a charge. So I, I just it's like my my uh, decommissioned Air Force base there uh, at my cube. Uh, but you know, like when we were doing uh, you know a big a big project and we had a lot of people in the command center uh, that we'd set up to support this project. You know, it's a tense situation. Things get rough. You you fly a helicopter in there and people have to laugh at it. Uh, so. Semi S Y M A the S one oh seven G is the rock star. There's all kinds of them out there. I I also have the Chinook with the two blades. Um much more difficult to fly. What I love about these is the built-in gyroscope. Um, my kids, literally, my six-year-old, when she was six, uh, could fly this thing. Um, and it's it's bulletproof. Well, not bulletproof, uh, but it's it's very durable. You're gonna want to buy some extra blades for, you know, a a buck. You get a full set of blades uh, because those get broken, but they're easy to replace. And uh, but just a, an all-around good toy for kids of all ages. Cool, I like it. And then last on the least, uh, last on the least, last on the list uh, for the person who has everything. Um, and if you're just not into, you know the commercialism and all that sort of stuff. And you want to give a gift, uh, that is meaningful and is not going to be in somebody's waste basket in 30 days. Uh, worldvision.org. Um, they are a faith-based organization, but, uh, uh, don't let that bother you. You atheist, uh, they do good work, uh, for people, um, even though they do it in the name of Jesus. Uh, so the idea there is, uh, they have a catalog there, a gift catalog, and you can buy things, um, for people in developing country. For example, for um, $100, you can buy a goat and two chickens for a specific person in a developing country. A goat gives milk. A chicken get, makes eggs. Uh, you can literally, I'm not kidding here, feed a family for 100 bucks. Not just once, not a meal. I take my kids and my wife out. I spend $100 on one pasta meal. For that same $100, you could feed a family with a goat and two chickens. Um, it's, it's, it's the right thing to do. Uh, and instead of, you know, spending a hundred dollars on your, you know, your dad, who's 63 years old, retired and whatever he wants, he goes and gets anyway. And there's literally nothing you can get him that he doesn't already have. Give him uh, a donation to world vision. Um, and he will, he'll feel better about himself. Cool. I like it. I'm going to have to look through here and, uh, yeah, like like uh, for six hundred and fifty, you can buy a dairy cow. Why would you want to buy a family a dairy cow? Well, not only sustenance, but you've just given them a business. Right, you've just set this company up with with lasting revenue for six hundred and fifty bucks. That may be too much for you, but your whole family, instead of 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 you know getting together at the family reunion and saying everybody keep it under ten dollars this year, everybody you know pitches in twenty dollars. And you buy a family in a third world country a business. Worldvision.org. Uh, check them out. Uh, I am a big fan of their work. And it's, you know, it's very simple. Um, helping people who need the help more than you need the stuff. Yeah, that's that's the important thing is, you know, there there's nothing wrong with having stuff as long as you can not get so consumed with your stuff. You can't help other people in need. Uh, and I will leave this to the audience. Uh, I promised you that I would donate 10% of the, the revenue of this show to open source projects uh, and things that, that we use. Um, 
if I get enough people uh, telling me that it's okay to violate that rule this time, I will make a donation in your name to uh, World Vision. Um, but if you adamantly don't want me to do that, let me know. I, I made a promise to you, and I'm going to keep that promise. Uh, but I'm I'm asking uh, how you feel about me, you know, uh, deviating from that this one time. I I, I gave to the Limbitless Foundation, which is, um, you know. I kind of snuck that in the door because they build everything using open source hardware and their 3D printers. Uh, I would love to be able to do this in the name of uh, the Element OP audience. Uh, but, you know, if you feel strongly either way about it, let me know and, and I will honor that. But uh, just thought I'd throw that out there. If, uh, you know, for the $600 that Seth's going to spend on the 18-inch tablet, he could he could change generations of people. And I'm, that's not to guilt Seth. I'm just saying that's the power that we as Americans have forgotten how powerful our money is, how powerful we are, how how amazingly, I'm not going to use the word blessed, that's, that's religiously charged, how amazingly lucky we are to have been born in this place and in this time, so much so that we throw money away. Um, that could that could not only change a life but change a generation for a family. That is true. So. You know, and if you think about that, so much of our cost here are is because of the wages of the people who handle it. And you think, well, I make minimum wage, you know, seven twenty five an hour isn't that much. But when you go to these kind of countries where seven dollars and twenty five cents American is more than these people will see in a month or year, then all of a sudden things that, you know, food that it costs you twenty bucks to get by a week at your house if you're cooking on your own 20 bucks can feed a family for a month so because yeah i mean you know we are the sad part the sad thing is we're so wealthy in america that poor people from the world would say i would love to be poor in your country yes so all right enough sermonizing seth what happened this week in history okay this is just a freaking cool story uh december the 4th 1974 Donald Sherman uses a talking computer to order a pizza over the phone. He was using a system designed by John Uhlenberg and J.J. Jackson, consisting of a CDC 6500 mainframe computer nicknamed Alexander and a device called the Votrax voice synthesizer. So this week in history in 1974, he basically program, he basically called the number and then the computer ordered the pizza. I just think that's kind of cool. And that happened this week in history. That, that is, uh, that's Matthew Broderick stuff right there. Yep. <laughs> um, it's funny. Uh, Amazon, not Amazon. I've got Amazon on the brain. Domino's is running ads right now about how, uh, if you set stuff up, you can order pizza with an emoji from a cell phone or with a tweet. Uh, this guy, you know, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, um, <laughs> beat them by ordering a pizza over the phone using a mainframe that's how it took a mainframe to have enough processing power to do that that's amazing stuff so yeah think about that with your smart watch you can now do what it took your dad a mainframe computer yes. to do i mean I, all the time I, google isn't there yet where i can say uh okay google make reservations at uh um charlie 
Rogers up at 7 p.m. for two. Um, I understand Siri has some abilities with third parties to do that, but we're close to that. We're we're close to that. But I can say, you know, um, like I I, t- I think I talked about it on the show when I was at a a mall in Alabama. Uh, I was looking for places to to eat and see what their lines were, and so I was looking at the mall directory. And I would just say, okay, Google, call the name of the restaurant. And it looked at my GPS. It knew where I was. It knew the closest branch of that restaurant. It knew the phone number. It called it, and I just spoke to it. So we're uh, that happens on the phone, right? right. Easily, easily now. Um, and in 1974, it was probably they probably had several failed attempts before they actually got their pizza. Well, and it probably took him you know a month right. set up i, I envision so. this being he's typing and the computer is speaking so he's listening i doubt the computer is actually processing the response maybe it was maybe you know it uh knew that when they answered to to say i'd like a large pepperoni pizza but uh what a difference 40 years makes you know when i'm 83 what is the world gonna look like i i probably can't even imagine it today yeah, I it boggles my mind because, you know, if, if you think about it, if you took somebody from the the turn of the millennium and you took them to 18 or by 1900, it's, you know, there's a there's it's still horse and buggy, but you have the locomotives and you have the steam engines and stuff like that. But you could move somebody a thousand years forward and go, oh, that's a wagon. Oh, that's a chariot. Oh, the saddle looks like that. But, you know, you take somebody from 200 years ago, you know, go back to the 17, wait, no, we're 29, 2115, you go back to 1815. <laughs> well, no, uh, yeah, 1815. Wow. It, that, that doesn't make sense to me. So 200 years ago, yeah. And then bring them forward today. They're like, what in the world? You know, it would would we be sufficiently advanced enough that it would appear magic to them? Yeah. Well, as I just said earlier in, in just 2006 or seven, the, the people who made the, the movie Eagle, Eye couldn't envision, envision what 2015 looked like. Right. Uh, You don't even have to go that far. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I mean, Probably, yeah, they couldn't imagine it, but you're not going to freak out right. going, oh my gosh, he's talking to, you know. Right. If, you, just be- if you brought Abe Lincoln here today, you know, who, who lived in the 1600s and dropped him down, would he be able to function? I, I honestly don't. Obviously, humans look like humans, uh, but I don't know that he would be able he was be able to function. You take you go back farther and pull Da Vinci out of his time and drop him down. One of the smartest guys ever. I think he would probably have a mild aneurysm. You know, you drop him down to Times Square and, you know, the the giant billboards and all that sort of stuff. Um, I, I I think he could, not only could he not imagine it, I don't think he'd be able to cope, at least not right away. Yeah, it would just be weird. I mean, so. Captain America was only frozen for 40 years. Um, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, we all know that's historically and, accurate. And and the 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 curve of te- technology is the classic hockey stick, right? So the changes between uh 1615 and 2015, I don't think I don't think that that level of changes will be as great as from 2015 to 20 uh to 2115. I think that that we're we're on that curve of the hockey stick and rapidly going up so that with each successive generation we'll be less able to to understand and relate to the previous generation. 
Yep. I mean, I, I can't, you know, I, I've said before, I think in my lifetime, we'll be communicating or we will be uh, cyborgs, that the common person will have some sort of cybernetic implant. Um, you know, right now, some people do, right? There are people with bionic limbs, there are cochlear implants, there, uh, uh, there are a couple of people right now with artificial retinas. Uh, so right now, it's an experimental thing. I think in the end of my life, it will be commonplace. So carry that out to the end of my children's life when... All purchasing happens by way of cybernetic implants, you know, and so you drop me there and I literally wouldn't be able to function in that world. So I, I don't think it's that that far until it could happen. Yeah, and I don't know what to think about that. I, maybe maybe I'm too uh, looking too far ahead, but I'm just looking at that that power of doublings, right? And and we keep we keep getting twice as good as we used to be, uh, twice as fast, twice as much. Um, and there will be a point at which humanity alone, the, 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 the bags of water that we're made of, won't be able to handle it. So we're going to have to, in, we're going to, have to go Borg. We're going to have to include the synthetic in us to be able to advance. Yeah, or you know, we get robots to do it for us, and we just kind of leisurely sit on the beach all day and die of boredom in paradise. Yeah, welcome to uh, uh, Wally. Right. Yeah, we're just in our uh, orange is the new blue. Yeah. All right, that's our show. Um, it didn't go in the direction I thought it was going to go, but things rarely do. This is loosely controlled chaos around here, and, and I'm okay with it. So, Seth, what do you have to close out our show in style? Okay, well, this time I'm hitting you with some. Uh, this one's a pretty cool thing. You can find out if you are science literate or illiterate. This is a link on the Huffington Post to basically a general science quiz. Um, there are like 47 questions. And, you know, of course, I didn't get them all right. And some of them I was like, oh, I hit the wrong one. But I, I'm, I'm no Einstein, but I'm not, you know, I'm not a lump of. I don't remember what it said. I'm not like a wet paper towel or something. So there's like 47 questions. You can start the quiz and go through it. This is on the HuffingtonPost.com and the link will be in the show notes. Awesome. I just, you know, see if you're, see if you're smart or if you're stupid. I, uh, just generally speaking, don't like to give the Huffington Post extra traffic, but, uh, hey, sounds good. <laughs> well, no, yeah, this one, this, this is the kind of meme that would pass around Facebook. Yeah, but you know, a lot of those, you can take the quiz and then to find the answer, you have to like, or to find out how good you did, you have to like, you know, put in your email address or sign up or anything. This is just, you just click through and take the links. So, and it tells you at the end and, you know, you don't have to uh, like them or if you want to communicate it on Facebook, you can, but you don't have to. I got the first five questions right so far. Um, cool do they get harder as you go no i don't think so but you know some of them are dna some of them are physics and i don't know if they're like random or not was your first one about the primary function of dna uh did no that that, i've had that one but okay in in einstein's famous equation equals mc squared what does the c stand for i get that a lot of people wouldn't know that right uh the scientists developed the first successful vaccine for polio uh, apparently only 75% of the people knew that that was Jonas Salk. Um, I, I, I thought that was common knowledge. Well, 75% is still common knowledge, I guess. Right. 
All right. Uh, so that's it. That's our show, folks. Thanks for hanging out with us. This is the part of the show where I tell you how you can contact us. Go to lmnop.com. Click the Contact Us button at the top of the page. That is the... Um, for now, the best way to contact us, slightly under it, second unto it, is using the Zcast app and and making your comments in line with the show. I really encourage you to check that out. Uh, as I said uh, before, it's currently not available because it is in beta and uh, really rough beta. Uh, so it's not in the Android store. You have to go to our website, but go to any uh, of our recent shows. There's a link to it. Check it out. Make your comments there. We appreciate it. You can call 559-IAMOP. Leave us a voicemail, uh, and I will play it here on the air, most likely. Um, or you can send a, a, an email to edl at elementop.com. That will go to all three of us. All of those things are good. Uh, we love to hear from you. Uh, we We do this show in large part based on your responses what you ask for what you say you like what you say you don't like so uh if you think you not you're not important uh that you're just dead wrong you are i don't know if i'm going to say the most important because i'm the most important um but you're right you're right there right under me uh in importance i hope people get that that stick and i'm not really that uh, arrogant <laughs> but uh uh, we, we do appreciate uh, you not only feeding back to us, but feeding forward to other people. Tell people about the show. I encourage them to listen. Um, if, if you've talked to people and they've said, you know, I don't know about that. I'm not into Linux. You know, the beginning of the year, we're not going to be called Everyday Linux anymore. So you don't have to explain to them, well, it's not really about Linux. It's just sort of a general show. Tell them to, uh, this new show, Geek Rant, and uh, hopefully that will go, oh, I, okay, Geeks ranting. I can get into that. It's we'll like see. I've watched Big Bang Theory. Yes. Yeah. Sheldon <laughs> Sheldon lives here. Uh, so thanks. Uh, we are, uh, let's see, this is going to go out in a couple. So there's still a couple of weeks till Christmas. So you can use those options. If you're an Amazon Prime member, all of those things that we put there could be at your doorstep in a couple of days. So I hope that you buy some of those things uh, for your loved ones. If not, hey, we still got a show out of it. So thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, and I'll say that's it for this episode of Everyday Linux. Everyday Linux.